Hey, welcome back, Ramble Force. Chris Gamble here from the Digital Ramble for episode 84. I'm joined as always by my co-host in Houston, Texas, JJ Cannon. Hey, JJ. Hey, Chris. How are you, brother? So excited about today's show. Today we have Jennifer Chong from Feoi on. That's right. And this is an interview with somebody that I've done business with myself. And it's somebody that that lives and works close to where customized operate operate. Jennifer is in Cambridge in England. You know, Gamble, over in Cambridge, over in the UK is almost the same as here in the States. Integrators everywhere have to work with interior designers in order to incorporate interior design with technology. Yeah, it's one of those crucial partnerships that, you know, there's there's these essential partnerships. If there's a lighting designer on a project, if there's an interior designer on the project, get in close with these people. If you're responsible for the technology, make sure you're aligned with these people because they're the key designers. Jennifer, her role as an interior designer, she's such an influence on the project. She's such a asset to the client and the homeowner. You've got to be in line with that or you could quickly unsettle the apple cart. Yeah, Absolutely, Gamble. Gamble, I'm so excited to get into this show. And for those that are new to the Digital Ramble, thank you for joining us today. I'm JJ Cannon, CEO of Digital Delight, located here in Houston, Texas, where we create technology solutions for homeowners and small businesses all over our area. If you want to know more about what I do on the regular, check us out at digitaldelight.com. And I'm JJ's co-host, Chris Gamble from Customized. We're a Norwich-based smart home business. We cover the east of England and the London area with sensibly priced smart home systems. Hey, Gamble, one thing that I've been noticing is that our rating on our website is just continually notching up and grinding, you know, higher and higher. Friends, uh, uh, Listeners to the show are checking out the digitalrambleshow.com and listening to our previous podcast, as well as going over to YouTube and subscribing to, to our channel. Yeah, YouTube figures have been great. It's, it's one of those platforms we've tried to work at improving our subscription numbers and our viewers, and we're obviously delighted by the caliber of guests we've had on. It's definitely aided our viewing figures. The podcast is looking strong right now, JJ. But the area I want to focus on now is Patreons. I want to get people signed up. Yes, you're going to dip your hand in your pocket for a couple of quid per month. But that small amount can make a big difference to the show, but also brings you closer to the hosts. So that if you've got home tech questions, if you've got projects that need input, or you're needing close up access to JJ and myself, Become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash the digital ramble and become a direct influence on the show. Yeah, absolutely, Gamble. Want to give a special shout out to all of our listeners around the world, Canada, Austria, Dominican Republic, <laughs> New Zealand. Hello, Spain, Qatar, Belgium. Man, we've got listeners everywhere. I know. And, and you know, as always, just people just keep hitting up that like button share subscribe but also comment we really appreciate the comments we've had in the recent episodes and you know we want to be challenged we want you to ask why how much where when who do i need when do i need it ask these questions you got two home tech pros willing to to give you the answers all right gamble let's get into this episode push that button 
Here we go, 84. Digital Ramblers, welcome to our show. And today we have an absolutely fantastic guest with us, Jennifer Chong. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? I'm good. I'm excited, Jennifer. I've got somebody else from the east of England yes. joining us on the show. We've had all these Americans for the last like five oh, or really? six weeks. Well, we have someone from Yorkshire, but we're getting closer to home now. Yes. You're, you're based in Cambridge, Jennifer. I am based in Cambridge, yes. Um, lovely city for anyone who hasn't visited. Yeah. yeah, it's a city where I work and I have many customers there. It's a lovely part of the country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Cambridge is just, what is it, about an hour north of London, is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Uh, my, I, uh, my husband actually commutes into London, so on the train it takes him just under an hour. So oh, wow. About an hour. Yeah. Okay, very good. And, and so, Jennifer, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and a little, about, a little bit about your firm? Because you're an interior designer that really has a unique twist on helping clients there in your area. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, I'm, as I said, based in Cambridge. I've lived here for almost 10 years. Um, and have worked in the design industry um, for all that time. I actually got a job here before I moved here. Um, and I set up my own business in 2015. Um, but yeah, and um, I, yeah, I love it here. Um, I live here with my husband and I have a two and a half year old boy as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, um, I find for me interiors just really suits my personality because it's a real balance of um, creativity and making things beautiful but also the kind of like logistics and organizing and just all that nitty-gritty that um, I really I really enjoy um, all the practical side of things I think a lot of people think interiors is just kind of fluffy colors and fabrics but there's a lot of very practical elements to it and I'm sure that you guys can kind of um, kind of understand that as well in your line of work because as well as working really well it has to look good because you're talking about people's homes and people care about how stuff looks so yeah no that's that's right it's 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 actually our industry and your industry actually work quite closely together i i see that happen a lot especially in projects slightly bigger higher budgets mm -hmm. there's a definite synergy between the interior designer the technology designers, the, the lighting designers, and then the overall designer, the architects, and you know those kind of people. So the design community very similarly aligned in that you know we all have the same client on the project, and we've all got our our obligation and commitments to them. But we all have to work together to deliver the the best project. So going back to 2015, you started your own business in Cambridge. Yeah. What what made you kickstart that? Was Cambridge crying out for an interior designer what was the the catalyst I, i'd worked in the industry before and then i just got to the point where i felt like i needed a new challenge and i didn't know what that was so i i sort of i quit my job and, and got a temp job and i kind of tried to figure out what i wanted to do and a lot of people said you should start your own business because you know that that is what's taking things to the next level um 
and I was still like really finding my feet and to be honest hadn't even considered owning a business previously and becoming like a freelancer or entrepreneur or anything like that um but I thought that the more I thought about it the more I thought actually this sounds like it could be it could be good it could work for me so um yeah I just thought I'd give it a go um I had done a lot of project management so that was my speciality when I started offering um interior design but also specifically with the, the project management element um now that my life has changed a little bit with having um having a child and that kind of thing um I, I I no longer offer a project management service but I've switched to consultancy so I can guide people on how to design their home but also follow it through with actually making it happen so um that is where my kind of speciality lies and um i uh, i specialize in residential interior designs i i also i like to say um that my advice is really clear straightforward no nonsense um i'm not snobby about budgets i'll you know if um and i you know i can I can be flexible with that kind of thing and I'm, I'm working to try to save people money and but also at the same time create something beautiful that they can enjoy living in in a practical sense as well as an aesthetic sense so yeah um and and the name Sayoi is based on my Chinese name um I kind of wanted to bring a bit of myself into it um my own personality but without necessarily I, I just thought the whole Jennifer Chong interior design was just really long. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I needed to find something interesting and quirky. And yeah, and then it just kind of like came to me and I thought it'd be a nice way to use that element of who I am and my culture. But also like it 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 just seemed it just looked it just looked good and everything. So I thought, yeah, it's kind of pretentious and designy, so let's go with that. <laughs> I like the ring of it, Feoi. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, wonderful. Feoi. Feoi. F-E-I-O-I. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Cool. You know, I was seeing and doing a little bit of research about your projects that you've done, and you really have a wonderful portfolio there on house, oh, yeah. and also have been re been rewarded for the past four four years of. of being such a good uh, contributor, as well as uh, providing a fantastic service for your clients that find you through Hows. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how Hows benefits Hows? you yeah, and your clients? Um, I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been there for a while, um, on, on the platform for a while, like more, almost since it started in the UK. Um, and I've worked quite closely with them because I worked with them on a project um, um, at, um, it's called Design Junction, it's part of the London Design Festival, um, it's one of their exhibitions, one of their events, and Howells actually were, um, I think they were a sponsor or something, and they, they basically had like a, a, an installation at one of these events, and they asked me to help them to design it and also project manage it, which was just like a really huge deal for me, and it was only in, I think it was in 2016, so I was still relatively new as a business so it was it was a great it was great exposure for me as well as you know it was a really good experience so I've worked with them for a while and also have worked as a 
contributor, written a lot of articles for them. Um, I don't I don't do it anymore, but they're still on there and they still get read and they still get commented on and stuff. So that's really nice that they're still helping people even after so many years, um, you know, my advice and that kind of thing. So that's great. And I'm, yeah, I get business through Howls and it's, it's such a good platform, I think, um, to, for people to be able to explore different ideas and, and find resources. Yeah, cool. You know, I'm a fan of the platform, but I will say it's, it's cyclical. I've noticed a lot of people shift their, 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 their contribution, their, their content shifts to other platforms. And, you know, as we go through the years and Instagram's a big, a big hit at the moment with yeah. multiple levels of, of construction from new construction to the design, to the technology. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we see Instagram being such a, a big part for, you know, talking to the, to homeowners. So, you know, when you're when you're talking with homeowners and you're you're doing your designs, what's signature about you? What's what's unique about you? What's your style, and what are you bringing to your your customers' homes? Um, so I would describe my style as classic contemporary. Um, it's it's yeah, it's fairly classic with a modern twist, but I like to kind of add eclectic. Um, Sort of quirky, interesting elements to it that are a little bit unexpected. Just so it doesn't look silly. Introducing some personality, um, whether it's a, an injection of my creativity um, and or the client's personality. So I just think so that it doesn't look so generic. Um, so yeah, um, that's probably how I describe it in a really roundabout way. And and how does that fit with? With Cambridge, you know, a historic city, but also a city that's expanded a lot with new construction over the, the last decade. It's, you know, I've seen the outskirts of Cambridge boom with, with new construction, but the, the inner heart of Cambridge, such an old, historic, beautiful city. How does that style work with, with his, historic buildings? Well, I mean, I think that people are definitely... Um, starting to explore different styles whereas I think if you look at sort of 20 years ago or so um, if you look at past like sort of typical interior design like work it, it was always very much like this was the style of the time and everyone kind of did the same thing um, whereas now I feel like it, you know if we fast forward to 20 years and look back to now I don't think there will be a specific design style of the time because everyone is so much more varied in in what they what they want out of their interior design there's so, so much more personality in it so you know i think if i meet a client i always try to discuss with them what their style is they don't always know but everyone has a style it's my job to bring it out but um i always try to sort of gauge what kind of style they have and I will only take a project on if I feel like our styles marry up because otherwise I don't feel like I could do it justice and I would be much better off recommending a different designer that suited their style. Um, okay. I, I'm much more about, as you know, Chris, like much more about competition, like collaboration over competition. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather recommend a designer who I thought was better suited to that client than myself, than potentially not do a good job right right you're always wanting to 
provide exactly what that client needs. Um, and, and sometimes, and, and sometimes I have to pass on, you know, some of my clients to, to some of my friends in the trade that, that might be a little bit more experienced or might have a different take on, on whatever those clients needs are. And that, that's, that's admirable, no doubt. You know, one thing that we see in our industry and over time is that technology changes from, from year to year. There's always something new, new ideas, new, new ways to apply things. Are you seeing that in the, in the interior design business as well? Has there something in the past five years that, that you've seen a shift in, maybe easier in, in, dis, in, in designing or you know, maybe in uh, finishes or, you know, something that people are really starting to gravitate to or? Um, I would say that um, in general, clients are becoming a lot more confident in their own style and what they like. I think that Pinterest, House, Instagram has been a massive contributor to that. There are, there are a lot of people out there like yourself um, who are sharing knowledge um, and which is a brilliant thing it's a wonderful thing and I think it's great for the industry because people are sharing knowledge about um, about interior design about design style how to achieve a look but also like how to do it yourself and so I think people are getting more adventurous with like DIY upcycling and all that kind of thing I think that's definitely becoming a, you know with the rise of the influencer and all of that um, yeah it's it's been you know really interesting to see what you know i think you used to go to someone and they, they would just like have no clue and there are still clients out there who you turn up and they're like i don't know i don't know what i want and you have to start from nothing but more and more i find i'm going to clients and they've already got masses and masses of inspo to show me and they they have an idea some and it's it's now becoming more about honing those ideas pulling them back in and then sort of like trying to figure out like going through what they've got and then trying to figure out what they want based on that rather than building up it's more like pulling down almost um which is yeah quite it's quite fun it's interesting and um also i've noticed that people are a lot more aware about where things come from and um things like sustainability um ethical sources you know eco sources whether it's the materials or production line um people are a lot more aware about that kind of thing and i'm seeing that you know it, it, it's been evident across many industries you know fashion like you know uh, things like that but i think people are starting to think about where stuff comes from and how long it's going to last uh, things like that no, those are some great, great answers. And the sustainability is, is something that we should all be mindful of. You know, in our industry, JJ, I think as an industry, we're not the best at that. So this is a good, good point for us to reflect on that. Yeah, so but that's, you know, I'll, I'll be reviewing. Based on what you just said, that struck a chord with me. So that's, I'm going to re review. We always review our supply chain. We try and work with local suppliers yeah. you know, that are employing local people. It's, it's difficult with technology is normally like Silicon Valley or Shenzhen in China or something you know there's like hot spots where tech is made and designed so yeah. uh, so I, I should I should seek out UK tech more um, now big part of all three of us is you know talking with our customers or potential customers and, and 
prior to March 2020, there was a lot of, you know, driving to people's homes, meeting them in coffee shops, face to face, sitting yeah. you know, close to each other. And all that changed. And all three of us have adapted to that and introduced new methods to communicate with our customers. But you've got a, an official service. It's on your website. I saw you promoting it a lot on Instagram. You have a virtual design consultation service you now offer. Share with us that and, and how it's been going for you. Yeah, I mean, um, I was in two minds about whether or not, to, obviously, when we UK was put into lockdown, um, business really slowed up. Uh, I mean, I still have some clients who I just mostly correspond with by email anyway, so that was fine, but, um, you know, there weren't really any new inquiries, and obviously I couldn't, my main core is I offer packages where I, I do in-home consultancy. So it's like I just come in for two hours and you can talk to me for two hours and then I leave and um, ask me anything you want kind of thing. And that was a fairly recent product that I'd launched. So it was a bit annoying that I could no longer do in-home consultations. But um, I saw so many businesses, local and, and otherwise, uh, like innovating, finding other ways to keep their business going in some way whether it was offering something uh, some sort of online service or uh, switching to deliveries um, and I was just really inspired by all these people who were just innovating and changing things up and trying to find different interesting ways to keep keep their business going provide a service and meet demand and so I thought maybe let's give it a go. I'd always been a bit apprehensive about um, doing online services. I've, I have in the past been contacted by people who live abroad about doing design for them um, and not the kind of people who'd be willing to fly me out. <laughs> so, um, And I was always a bit unsure about doing design over a, a video call or just email and photos because obviously there's certain elements that you just can't you just need to be there in person to see the light to see the color to see the space um but there there is certainly some some advice that you can give just over video or emails so i thought i did i did a few trials i put it on instagram and i said is anyone willing to be a guinea pig and i did four trials that were all really really different queries um and it actually worked surprisingly well much better than I thought so I launched it and um, yeah that I would say that the response was really good which is obviously um, great but um, and I've done quite a few and some have rebooked and that kind of thing so so that's that's always a good sign um, but I think particularly being in lockdown um, everyone was spending so much more time at home and it just was the perfect opportunity to kind of take on these DIY projects or like finally tackle the living room that you've been talking about doing that just doesn't work. So even if it was just moving the furniture around because the layout didn't work anymore or whatever, it was just, I think it kind of really highlighted the problems that people were having with their homes. And if there was a way that I could help just make it a bit better. I yeah, that that makes so much sense. Now you're explaining it because I was trying to come up with online services, but this this period, so many people did DIY, redecoration, 
ordered new furniture online, whatever they were doing, reshuffled rooms to create workspaces and yeah. work, school from home spaces. And yeah, yeah you, you know, great uh, moment to introduce it. Obviously you were forced into introducing that and it's good to hear you were inspired by, by other businesses. Good actually, and like yeah, like you said, like the way that people were using your home for thousands of mm. years, you know, it's completely different than how it was just, you know, four months ago or something. So, um, yeah, and and because they were like short and sweet, they were they're, they're just thirty minutes. Like they, people send me their ideas or questions in advance with maybe photos, plans, and that kind of thing, sure. and then I prepare some stuff, and then we just have half an hour just like like this just over video call um to just rattle through a few ideas and then they'd be like oh that's great i'm gonna go do that now and then that was it and it was just it was nice because not you know half an hour is an easy kind of slot of time for people to carve out in their day so which and i could make it affordable for that for that amount of time that's awesome and using tech as well to facilitate that jj we've got to get yeah. some tech on the show here yeah, you know, and talking about technology, and, and we, we saw a surge in people wanting to improve their homes, uh, you know, because honestly, they're spending more time in their homes now, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's you're, you're probably seeing the same with yourself, is that people are, you know, spending time in their homes, and they're like, you know what, I'd, I'd really like to improve you know how how the color looks or the finishes on my on my furniture or maybe a different type of uh, rug that would help improve you know the the styling or the the feel of of the of the home uh, but are they also talking to you about technology and how maybe they might use lighting to uh, create an, an environment or maybe uh, acoustics and audio or blinds with shading any are, are is that any part of the conversations that you're having with uh, customers the, the other one i'd add to that is also conversations about wellness biophilia yeah. you know green more more green spaces in and outside your home you know. um i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you no not really <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect and I think, that's fine <laughs> just like, it might not be what you want to hear but I think that the majority of people, the reason is that is, is purely not knowing what's available. Mm. I think that, um, I mean, there's a lot of technology out there that's available. I mean, you guys know, you guys know way more than I do about it. Um, but I know probably more than the average person what is available. Um, and I think that um, most people just don't know what is possible and so usually it's up to professionals like myself or architects um, or, or, or people like you um, to, to introduce them to these ideas and I think we're at this kind of weird kind of cusp of, of a lot of this stuff becoming more mainstream now. I mean if you look at the like Google Homes and Alexas and that kind of thing, it really wasn't that long ago where that was, I don't know, considered a bit fancy and not many people had them. Whereas now almost everybody has something like that. Um, and it's become like such a huge thing now. 
um, Wi-Fi operated thermostats are now much more common. I remember the first time that I saw one used with it, and it was actually the client, her husband was very techie who introduced it and I thought it, I'd never heard about it and this was like ages ago um, and I thought it was like it was really cool. Um, they also had they also had a, a Wi-Fi operated like burglar alarm camera, the security camera that um, I got caught on once because I was delivering something to the house <laughs> and her husband texted her and said, who is this woman in the house? <laughs> and I didn't know it was there. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was, that was like, you know, that was several years ago. But now these things are becoming way more mainstream. And I think some of the things that you were talking about, like, um, you know, motorized blinds and that kind of thing is still considered by most people um, very futuristic and perhaps unnecessary, um, like a step above what they, oh no, we don't need stuff like that. But I don't think we're far off that kind of thing becoming more mainstream in the same way that some of the other things I've mentioned have. Um, you know, uh, even just Wi-Fi, having Wi-Fi in your home is now completely standard. Like who doesn't have Wi-Fi in their home? Whereas it probably wasn't that long ago that not everybody had it and it wasn't it wasn't really considered a norm. No, I think I think you what you've said is is a spot on. Is a true representation of the, the state of play in people's homes. You know, there's a huge lack of awareness of, of mm -hmm. home home technology and what's available. There's maybe a, an increasing awareness of the gadgets and gizmos that from the Googles and Amazons that are out there, and people like to set three minute egg timers and. I don't know, call call grandma on the on the Amazon Echo screen, but it's it shows that our industry needs to work a lot harder. JJ and you know, I'm so glad that's why we're doing the podcast is to raise awareness of of the technology that's available, but also the awareness of our industry and how we work with interior designers and work with lighting designers and 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 other members of the design community. So I'm so glad you said that and that you didn't say, oh yeah, we're we're putting Samsung frame TVs in everywhere and plaster over speakers. Yeah, <laughs> it means we've got our work cut out, and that's good because that, you know, energizes us over the next five years to to work harder at becoming becoming normal in in people's homes. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely think that it is the way forward. I'm noticing it. I mean, yours must be one of the more fast-paced industries. You know, as you said before, there's always new. Hmm. new things coming out all the time and um it's almost like i must be quite hard to keep up with it i don't know how you do it <laughs> so um it's so it, it's interesting to see how things are evolving and how um you know people are becoming more and more um aware but also receptive to having new things in their home and i i do just try to gauge the client and if i can like there are certain elements things like like lighting, like I'm, I'm always pushing lighting because it's incredibly important, but there are the sort of like different levels as to how far you go with the technology. Mm -hmm. And I usually try to just gauge the client to see how receptive they are because you don't want to bombard them with stuff. But if I really feel like it's something that they could benefit from and that they would seriously consider it, I do you know, try to suggest it. And um, yeah, I think, um, as you said, Chris, you're probably, you know, I think you're working with a lot of um, sort of 
larger scale projects, like commercial projects and that kind of thing. And I, I think definitely that those like offices and, and, and commercial spaces are probably moving faster in that direction. I think when it comes to the kind of regular homeowner yeah. um, who's just like doing up their home, it's that, that, that is a slightly harder sell in a way. Mm. But as more and more commercial spaces start to get it, and then it will filter down, I think. Yeah, I think if the workspace is uh, helping productivity or it's, you know, it's got mood lighting that's, that's improving health and, and alertness, and, and also then you've got, you know, air quality has been improved and such like, then hopefully that trickles through into the, into the home because the office is smarter than, than the home and people should now expect their, their home to be smarter. Hey, Jennifer, one thing that I absolutely love about what you do is that you like bringing everybody into the fold and, you know, being a local business lady, you like championing other local businesses and you put together this uh, Cambridge Home and Garden Show. And uh, what did that do for the local design community? Did that, what kind of awareness were you able to bring to, to the area? Um. Well, I think from the consumer point of view, um, we had, yeah, it gained a lot of interest both in the lead up and also visitors to the actual event, which was great. And I think it was a, it was just a really nice way to showcase what is available on our doorstep here in the east of England, Cambridgeshire and kind of surrounding areas. Um, I, I feel like, I think, you know, a lot of people were saying that they had no idea that most of these companies were here or that they existed or that they were so close by or that there was companies in the local area that did this kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, being reasonably close to London, a lot of people who are looking for something specific, they end up just looking in London or just going to London. And, and obviously there's a lot of great stuff there, but there's a lot of great stuff here. So I just wanted to, for people to see that and to help sort of support their local businesses and their local economy um so it was just really nice to do that and then as well as that it was really great to see um connections being made between exhibitors and and businesses that were involved in the shows so getting them work to work together because i i really feel like you know small independent businesses local businesses um unless we all work together we're never going to be able to compete with the big the corporations um it's it's got to be collaboration over competition um and if you know so when i saw after the event like companies working together people working together architects and designers or um you know they had um like the kitchen company working with construction company or you know interior designer or construction company that visited the show who made loads of contacts and then we're able to use those in their next projects. It was just warm my heart. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I can I can vouch for the collaboration that came off the back of the show and also the the work that we gained from being an exhibitor at the show and getting you on here is partly to say thanks for that because we I think I looked at the numbers before and I'm always transparent with with our audience, you know. About, about £52,000 worth of business generated from being an exhibitor at the show. That's uh, 
customers customers that are still customers now you know they're, they're projects we finished and they've came back for other things you know this summer you know one of them came back for some new speakers for their garden another one a new television just before lockdown which was good timing and they've given us referrals we've worked with a kitchen company who was a an exhibitor like two or three spaces across from us and we on the projects that we work with locally in cambridge we've we've now built up relationships with the with the architects and have, have begun projects this year in, in the area off the back of exhibiting and, and, and talking at your show. That's great. I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really good, I think. It's Jennifer, as we're wrapping up our show, and a question that we ask all of our guests on the show is, you know, since we're predominantly technology-based, they're at your home. Is there one type of technology device that you can absolutely not live without? Within my home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I moved house mid March, just before lockdown, um, and the house that we're in is not in a great state. Um, it's it's a big project, like waiting to happen. <laughs> so my current house is extremely low tech, <laughs> and this this does not represent <laughs> my style. <laughs> so just to let you know. <laughs> very temporary around here so um yeah there isn't very much tech to choose from so obviously i'm gonna put wi-fi aside because obviously like that would be the obvious thing to choose about something i could not live without um but i am i am very into my food and um i really love coffee and my husband's a bit of a coffee obsessive <laughs> he has a very fancy espresso machine downstairs in the kitchen that um it's it's like it's like a semi-professional setup but it takes half an hour to warm up before you can use it so we have a wemo switch ah, <laughs> which um so that we can we have it set up so it can come on uh, uh, like before we wake up in the morning so that when we get up it's already hot and we can just get our coffee straight away and we can obviously as as you probably know access it on our phones so if we're on our way home from somewhere and we're like, oh, I need a coffee, we can just turn on the coffee machine on the way home and then it's ready <laughs> when we get there and I need my coffee. So, um, yeah, that, that is probably the one I would choose. I love, I love that. Smart, smart plugs, underrated tech, JJ. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Inexpensive, you know, always have a great app, very simple to use. And, and very, I can't think of times when, they, when they've let me down, my smart plugs, you know. We've got them scheduling lamps. We've got kitchen appliances. You know, we did one job for a customer where we, uh, for about 30 minutes each day, their, their freezer, their fridge freezer goes off for 30 minutes during the night, middle of the night. It has no impact on the food or anything. 30 minutes of no power has, has, has no issues. The plug then kicks back in 30 minutes later. The energy saving over a year was staggering. You know, and, and, and not in staggering like is, is tens of pounds, but it's still significant. Yeah, your freezer, your freezer is a massive sinner. I wouldn't uh, even think on energy. That that. 30, 30 minutes of a freezer in the middle of the night, nobody's opened the door, nothing's going to happen to it. Yeah. And then the power comes back on. Amazing. Yeah. Smart plugs. I love that. The first person to say smart plugs as well, which is cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's, it's, but I mean, as I said, there's not a lot to choose from in this house. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's a big project. I'm going to get you on, Chris. Okay. <laughs> get all the in. We'll start it virtually. We'll, we'll have that. We'll sort that Wi-Fi out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wi-Fi is the foundation for everything else that, that home technologist does. And so we need to make sure that your Wemo has reliable connectivity to the network so that your coffee machine can... <laughs> so I get my coffee. Yeah. I want it the right time. <laughs> and at the right temperature for sure you know uh jennifer it's been an absolute wonderful time speaking with you today for our audience if they want to find out more about you where can they do that um so my website is feioi.com it's f-e-i-o-i.com um and i'm probably I'm, to be honest i'm only really active on instagram in terms of social media um so which um on Instagram, on Fayoi underscore interiors. Um, I generally keep the grid to more or less the business only, but the stories are full of all kinds of rubbish that's to do with my life, what I'm eating and where I'm going. I'm not going anywhere at the moment, but um, yeah. So if you want to find out a bit more about what I'm like as a person, maybe see if I'm the right designer for you, that's the place to go. Yeah, definitely check out that virtual design service. That's such a time saver and could could really help accelerate things when things get back to normal. You've you've dealt with your yeah. some of your interior questions and you don't have that, you know, moving around town to, to, to deal with all these meetings, you know. Do them now, do them virtually if it's available. Yeah. So yeah, great. I, how much you can cover in half an hour actually. I bet, yeah. Well we've we've had a half an hour and we've covered quite a lot as well tonight. Yeah. So yeah. as always we close out the show with a big thank you, Jennifer. Also, we always say, if you don't know, find a home tech pro. Hey there, Ramble Force. Welcome back to another episode with myself, Chris Gamble, and my co-host in Houston, Texas, JJ Cannon. Hey, mate. Hey, Chris. Great to see you again. Man, I'm so excited about today's uh, show. What? What? I think, are we just starting like I'm so excited man like <laughs> right you ready yeah no but yes <laughs> <laughs>